0: Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of workshops on self-development and sexuality in Australia. My name is Rog. You might recall, back at the end of 2018, we did an episode called Secrets from Inside a Sex Party Community. It was all about what it's like to attend an event I run called Curiosity, which is kind of hard to describe. Um, but essentially I guess it fits in the category of sex party. Uh, That episode was told from the perspective of the participants and I thought it might be fun to have a chat with the hosts too, like the people that run the show. So that's what we're going to be doing today. I made this recording back at the start of 2019 and our roles have changed a little bit since then. But the first host I'm talking with is Linda Kirkman who you've heard on the show before. Linda is a counsellor for singles and couples with a specialty in diversity and sexuality, uh, which you'll have worked out for yourself by the end of this episode. You can find Linda at lindakirkman.org and that link is in the show notes. Uh, Linda's based in Bendigo, Australia, but offers video sessions to anyone, anywhere. Uh, She's across all of the quote-unquote lifestyle choices that tend to make people reluctant to seek psychological or emotional assistance. And the second host is Tess, who you may also recognize from a previous episode, but uh, under a different name. All I'll say is that it was a great day for sport. Uh, When we made this recording, Tess was slap bang in the middle of a massive old cancer journey, complete with all of the treatments and all of the drugs. Uh, I'm impressed they managed to turn up at the right place and the right time for us to record, let alone string meaningful thoughts together. Uh, I'm sure if there's any extra ums or ahs, you'll cut them some slack. Um, Tess is also an occupational therapist, by the way. They run Connectable Therapies, uh, which helps people with sexual development and rehabilitation in particular. Uh, Check them out at connectabletherapies.com. Again, that's in the show notes. Uh, Oh yeah, there's also some traffic noise. Folks local to the Brunswick area might recognize the Route 506 bus in the background here and there. And lastly, I should probably explain what curiosity is. Uh, Yes, on one level it's a sex party, and there'd be nothing wrong with that, Um, but it's got a lot of self-development and sex education thrown in, and a whole community has sprung up around it here in Melbourne, Australia. It consists of a five-hour workshop first, followed by a play party, followed by a shorter integration workshop, and once you've done those three elements, you can come back just for the party as often as you like. Uh, For those of you that are interstate or from a country that's not called Australia, we periodically run all three components on the one weekend, making it a little bit easier for you to get to. So let's time travel back to February 2019 and check in with the hosts of Australia's Daggiest Sex Party.
1: Hello. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us to yeah. have this podcast, Rog. Thank mm. you. Mm. Mm.
0: Thank you both for hosting and being involved and also being willing to be recorded.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: Pleasure. Uh, let's start perhaps with your name and your role.
1: My name's Linda Kirkman and the role at my role at Curiosity is emotional support person at the workshop and I alternate with Tess doing emotional support to either emotional support or co-hosting the curiosity party and uh, I co-host the debrief with Rog.
2: Hello my name is Tess Devez. I am uh, I share the tasks with Linda of co-host and emotional supports at the play parties and I'm also one of the co-facilitators of the Curiosity Workshop.
0: Hmm. So my name is Rog. I was involved in starting Curiosity uh, four and a half years ago Uh, and I am a co-host. I am a co-facilitator and administrator. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's start with um, what it's like running Curiosity. I don't know, Tess, what's it like running Curiosity?
2: Busy. <laughs> Busy and absolutely splendid. It's so much fun. Um, yeah, it's humbling and honoring and inspiring and um, ego nurturing. <laughs> and yeah, it's all of these, it's wonderful. It's such an experience.
1: I'm following on from that by saying I feel privileged to be part of this incredible beast. Mm. That is cu- curiosity because of the opportunity to contribute in such a way to people's social and sexual and communication skills development and then to witness them as that goes and to and to, to be uh, witness to the most astonishing creative performances mm. that happen at the party and then often the... The complex, thoughtful self exploration in the discussion, in the debrief, and often the vulnerability. Mm. It's just, it's, it's, it's my favourite thing. Mm.
0: Super. Yeah, for me, it is always a rush with the work leading up to the event and admin and preparation and so forth. Uh, and it sort of feels a little bit like the circus comes to town uh, every month in my life, <laughs> the curiosity party, and sometimes it's just wildly frenetic and sometimes it's very calm and methodical. Um, but it kind of always ends in a happy ending, like when I get to the end of the weekend and in particular the end of the debrief, I just always wind up in the same spot, which is like, yes, it's a privilege to participate in and not participate in. it's a privilege mm-hmm. to participate in creating that event and providing that space for people. Yeah
1: I'd like to just catch you on what you just said there not participate. For people who are new to this podcast mm. or to the whole principle of it part of our ethical boundaries that it certainly mm. they're important to all of us is that we do not participate in any kind of play or sexual play at the at the parties at all or, or with participants outside who are participants who are new to us who aren't, weren't existing partners. Yes. I think that, that, mm. that ethical boundary is really important for my sense of safety in, in the whole process. Yes.
2: Also, we're, we're a bunch of hedonistic sluts and if we're enjoying ourselves that way, we can't do our job and we can't be there and hold space and ensure the safety and also the, the exploration and of others.
0: Yep, and also it would be a misuse of our position of authority and power and rank within the community. So, yes. What do you get out of it?
1: I love the sense of making a difference in the world. As as someone who's been a sex educator since 1990 and often, you know, to initially with with Year 8 students, and there's always the, when are we going to do the prac class? It's great to be able to have the prac class and be, uh, <laughs> so to speak, uh, which is the party, and to be able to support people in developing their their communication skills and their self-awareness skills and their developing their own pleasure skills in the context of, of the party. That's one of the things I get out of it. So that's that kind of altruistic sense of doing good, as not it, doing... Pretty good things as an educator. Um, it's, have a, it's a lot of fun. I don't obviously we don't play at the party, but it's just to watch what happens and to and to be inspired by people's creativity, inspired in that uh, how privileged it is to be part of this amazing thing kind of inspiration. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's what I, and and that's where it's part of how I earn my living.
0: What do you get out of it, Tess?
1: As in hosting?
0: Yeah, running, hosting, yeah.
2: Co-facilitating and hosting. Oh, such a self-indulgent pleasure to witness people um, exploring themselves and I think when you touch into and start to break down those conditions that we've been brought up with, you know, self-hatred, self-loathing, you have to be afraid of not having, you know, Being this tall, being this color, being that dress size, but actually tapping into your eroticism and your arousal, even for the first time or continuing to do so. And that a lot of growth comes from that. A lot of self development, I think, that we see as well. And it's, oh my God, I get such a rush of seeing people evolve and change and become comfortable with themselves and be. Comfortable and exploring themselves in the sense of are not just their sex, but their gender and their kink and their relationship and psychology. It's yeah, really so rewarding. rewarding. It's amazing to see. Yes, we are talking about a sex party, <laughs> 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 but um, I get uh, yeah, selfishly, I just I have so much satisfaction and privilege to watch. For some who have that experience. Yeah, it's wonderful.
0: Yeah. I feel very similarly. I feel like I'm doing something for the world and that's where much of my joy comes from. And in particular, what I'm thinking about in the moment is I feel like a lot of the work that has come out of the various gender movements, so the women's movement, the men's movement, the non-binary or queer movements, I feel like a lot of the issues that have been so well articulated by those groups, uh, we are having this really radical, weird attempt at putting into practice. And oddly enough, it's taken the form of a sex party, but it is just helping to explore and move some of those otherwise more theoretical ideas on a practical level. What do you think participants get out of the experience?
2: There is such a sense of community and inclusiveness and acceptance. I feel that uh, I see a lot of um, people who are not only learning to love themselves and accept themselves and explore themselves in a safe environment, but I think what a lot of people might get out of it um, is actually the celebration of authenticity and originality and becoming more creative and communicating that clearly. And I think a lot comes from curiosity that can be transferred into everyday life, such as asking for what you want, saying no to what you don't want and actually receiving a no and understanding that that's okay, that's fine. Mm.
1: Yeah.
2: That's, I, I could talk forever. So that's one thing
1: I'm gonna say. <laughs> I started out as a participant before I started working. Mm. And um, and certainly got out of it exactly what you've just talked about, what we just referred to, Tess, with the oh. that the the communication skill development to be able to say thank you but no thank you and and un, and and use that in a huge range of contexts and to uh, to use to use thank you whenever you get feedback about anything, um, which is. Even like I've been, I've taught a work a non curiosity kind of workshop, and when someone has made some comment or critique, to say thank you for that, and and rather than and pe- so people feel safe to give feedback, and just in that mm. in that world generally, that's made a difference. So people, participants definitely get that build up of skills that work elsewhere. The people who. For whom it's not the right thing, I think mm. that's probably useful as well because a they, know, they know, now they know that that exists, there's a possibility. It gives them an opportunity to go away and reflect about who they are and what they want and what's working for them and what isn't. And for some of them, they I, I, they, they might go and talk to a therapist about mm. about that, about their own self development. Sometimes they come and see me as a therapist about that, and that's really it's, and it's so it's part of a it's 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 a it's one possible step on a life growth process for people. Apart from they have an awesome lot, participants also have a heap of kinky fun at the party. I
2: actually really like what you said, Linda. You're so it's so right. As in, if you come to the party and you realise that no, this might not be for me, what an amazing thing to understand and realise. That's still a huge step in your self development and
1: journey of exploring what you do want. Is yes. knowing what you don't, because you, some people have never even thought about what they want. Yeah, mm. and that's that's a that's a ginormous when you, suddenly you go to what do I like? Ah, oh, actually, I don't know, mm. and then to start reflecting on what is, what is it that they like?
0: Mm. Yes.
2: So even non-participants can still really get a lot out of curiosity. Another thing that I probably one of the number one things that I think people get from curiosity is the sense of community. Yeah. So yes, it's a sex party. And by sex, we mean, um, I'll use this party as an example. We have uh, cuddling to extreme saddest humiliation to jelly wrestling. That is all in the banner of sex. Um, But around that, around the creativity and exploration is friendship. And I have seen the most incredible, beautiful friendships blossom and form Um, for myself as well, I'm speaking I have made the most incredible friends within the community and everyone supports each other. We understand that this is confronting stuff and the level of support I
1: have seen is amazing. People have used the term, you are my family. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. And I see that. I think what a wonderful
2: thing where you have a family that accepts you for who you are while you're trying to figure out who you are.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, I wanted to touch on that.
0: I very substantially underestimated how much self development and how much of a sense of community would come from this odd little experience. Uh, I think because we frame so much of it as a self growth process and do it in a slow, conscious, deliberate way. Uh, and yeah, because. Uh, uh, We and the culture of curiosity has such an interest in psychology and self-development, you know, that comes across. Uh, Also, I think we give people um, a a look into and an experience in a world where sex and consent is uh, like just a normal part of life and a great thing. Um, I think we also give people, um, a lot of people get a improved attitude or relationship to their own bodies and their own sexuality, Yeah. Are there any benefits that flow back to the wider world?
1: We're changing the world, one sex party, one workshop and sex party at a time.
0: (laughs) How does that happen?
1: And I think we're changing the culture of Melbourne. I think um, because we're in Melbourne and Melbourne's the world's most livable city, but in the context of and and certainly the the sex positivity culture is quite broad in Melbourne. So going back even before Curiosity started, I think with with Sex Geekdom, which began in Melbourne, um, uh, I think we're part of that s- culture of Melbourne that is that is sex that, that that sex positive culture of Melbourne that makes it safe to be who you are, safer to be who you are. Because clearly, we still haven't there's there's four million people, and that we haven't seen that many through the workshops yet, but. Mm. I think that's a contribution we make to
0: Melbourne. Mm. Well, I think that's really true and I've heard that from quite a lot of people who have been a part of the Melbourne community, various lifestyle communities for a while. I have actually often received the feedback that curiosity has changed for the better, the way things are playing out. Um, I, I think we are doing an amazing job of working out how to... Put ideas around better consent practice into play Uh, I think broadly speaking as a as a wider culture where we're in the process of doing a great job around articulating the things that are done badly around consent but there's a little bit of a gap in terms of how to communicate that message and I think one of the things we've done at Curiosity is packaged it up as a very positive message, i.e. we can show you how to do this stuff very well and in a high level of detail and make it really attractive um, to people who might otherwise be hard to communicate that message to or who just find the the normal uh, message a little inaccessible or not relevant Um, I think we're producing a lot of people who have got a very strong sense of what good sex and good consent looks like. Um, even if they conclude that the parties themselves are not for them, like maybe the parties are too busy or they're in a relationship situation, which doesn't feel like it mixes that well. Even people that come along for one party, I sometimes get the feedback of them saying, um, I I love that it's happening, I love that it's there. And yeah, again, you've, you've raised the bar for me in terms of what I expect and what I demand in the way of communication. So yeah.
1: But not just communication, I think it also gives people ideas about the possibilities of what sex can be as opposed to the very limited heteronormative uh, PIV model. Mm.
2: May I just do a quick disclaimer, PIV, penis and vagina? Thank
0: you. Nice. Yeah.
2: Um, so the question is, what does this bring, bring to the broader community?
0: Yeah, is there anything that curiosity like exports back to the wider world or contributes back to the wider world?
2: Mm. I can't imagine this work not being of benefit. It's such a safe, safer way to express your desires, your wants, your needs, but it's also accepting of others and it's creating equality, more equality. You know, we have, we have such a wonderful platform of queer, non-binary, trans, straight, kinky, vanilla, all in the one room. And I don't see much judgment and separation in the space. And I love it. And I love that attitude. And I think that that is something that should spread everywhere.
0: In what ways is it like, uh, or not like, uh, people's stereotypical sort of idea of what a sex party Uh, is like, and I might actually weigh in and go first on this one, say, well, for one thing I think, um, I think people assume that sex parties are going to be really sleazy and I'm consistently hearing that this is not. People often think that a sex party is going to be sort of a little bit out of control or loose. And again, I consistently hear that curiosity is not. Curiosity is, in some ways as a sex party, it's not even really about the sex. I mean, it wouldn't work if there was no sex involved, but at the same time, it's about self-development and community and communication and so much more. Um, Yeah, and also I think lastly for me, um, it's not about, it doesn't fall back very heavily on, I'm gonna say sexy sex. So traditional ideas of what's meant to be sexy. So like lingerie and certain body types, or even like suave there's very little about it that relies on being suave or smooth or composed. It's more about like dagginess and being willing to have a conversation and being willing to be vulnerable, which is not generally portrayed as sexy, but it is as sexy as Tess. Your answer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In what ways is it like or not like a normal sex party?
2: There's so many. Firstly, it's well lit without loud doof doof music. And that's great because you can hear boundaries and have really beautiful, wonderful chats with people. It is an ask first, touch second culture, and I think that um, that's that's quite different. And the, and the fact that there's a workshop before the party, every single person that goes to the party has the same platform, understands the values and they're given communication stems and tools and they're practised and boundary setting is, is in place. And yes, it can be hard for some people, but it's, it's, it's practised and worked on together at the workshop. Vulnerability, vulnerabilities are shared, connections are made. It's, it's a spectacular system. And then it's also unlike other sex parties in this, because so much happens. It's wall-to-wall activity and I'm not talking about just fucking, yeah, there'll be an orgy in a corner and, oh, yep, there's the strap-on orgy over there and then the pants-on orgy over there and there's, uh, hmm, I've just had my 30th birthday so you have to fill every hole party over there. But then there's the impact play and the kissing booth and the massage and the piggyback rides. It's it's wall-to-wall experimentation and play and... It's it's unlike other parties in the sense that it's less people standing around, it's it's more engagement, and the engagement can be whatever you like as long as it's safe,
1: consensual, and legal.
0: Mm.
1: I love it. Vulnerability is celebrated, certainly in the debrief. Yes, not just allowed, but not just expressed, but celebrated and appreciated and made pretty really safe. Mm. My experience of other sex parties is pretty limited, but certainly that that. Having to go to a workshop is yeah. is ha, well, unique, as far as we're aware,
0: I'm aware. Yes. What about if you think in terms of uh, uh, people's stereotypical idea of what a sex party should or might be like?
1: It's the my concept of the stereotype is very heteronormative. That it's very much about males and females and heterosexual sex rather, than, um, and the can without without necessarily an emphasis on consent. The kind of thing where People identify who identify as women get cheap tickets and men have to pay a lot of money. So in the power about the, the whole power dynamic is very, very different from the stereotypic sex party. So,
0: yeah. Mm. Great. Yeah, the,
2: I think, I'm, yeah, thank you. You have flagged another point of another thing that makes this sex party original or different from others is that there is no expectation that you have sex. Mm. Whatever that means to you, you, that is not a prerequisite and that is not an expectation. And we really, really uh, celebrate the fact that you um, let go of those expectations and we support you to break down your barriers, your conditions and assumptions and start from scratch. And that is celebrated. Mm. You're right, Linda, perfect wording, vulnerability is celebrated.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, and we as hosts or as workshop facilitators actually create uh, a lot of Circumstances or experiences for people, and none of them look remotely like what we sometimes call fucky fucky sex. They're just ways of hanging out and being intimate or connected with someone. Yeah. Um, Any thoughts on who it's for and who it's not for? This party is for people who identify
1: as human, mostly. (laughs) Um, For people, irrespective of their age, long as they're over eighteen age sexuality, gender identity, body type, ethnicity, level of sexual experience, it's kind of for anybody.
0: It differs from stereotypical sex parties in that you don't walk into the space and have a sense that other people are looking down their nose at you as if you should already know something that you couldn't possibly know or that you should be better at something or more adventurous or something like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Tess, any thoughts on um, who it's for, who it's not for?
2: I think that curiosity is for any human who wishes to connect and that could mean connecting with yourself or connecting with others, but also acknowledging that in order to do that, you've got to do a bit of work. Yeah. It's not for someone who walks in and expects to get laid from beginning to end. It takes... You've got to connect. You've got to understand yourself. You've got to understand communication and you also have to put the time in to connect with others. But, jeez, it's worth it. It's just like going to a party. You go to that friend of a friend's 40th celebration and you don't know anyone in the room. You don't walk around in 10 minutes having all the best friends. You have to spend the night getting to know people, asking questions, listening... What do you like? Oh, this is what I like. We have this in common. Oh, we don't have this in common. So, yeah, I think I think it's extremely accessible. But, um, again, we're talking about community and connection and knowing your sex and it, and it can take time for some. Mm.
0: Nice. Yeah, I think it's for anyone that likes the idea of a little bit of self-development with their sexuality. Um, I think... I like the fact that there are there are some communities and sexuality cultures where you sort of need to massively buy into, quote, the lifestyle, unquote, and become a committed member. And um, for some people, they experience curiosity like that, but many don't. So I like the fact that some just turn up once now and again in a blue moon and some people are there every month. And yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah. Uh, Also, anyone wanting an intensive experience in sexuality? Um, Yeah. Anything more you want to say?
2: Thanks. Um, I think from a personal share experience, so, again, in the question of who is this for, who is this not for, I, I, um, upon moving to Melbourne, immediately started looking for play spaces. Uh, I'm kinky. And curiosity was for me because there was no dress code, uh, they, there was no uh, request for a physical appearance description or a photo, which has happened to me at some Melbourne spaces, and I found it very sex negative and very body negative. In those
1: other places,
2: yeah, yeah. So curiosity, sex positive, body positive attitude, and again, um, I, I'm a tall size six female presenting person. I'm queer non-binary and I don't like wearing lingerie. That's not sex to me. And I love it that other people find it that way, but I wanna wear what I wanna wear. And so curiosity to me was for me because I don't quite fit the norms of a typical sex person. I, I wanted to be able to feel safe in my exploration and
1: presentation. And I did and do. I wanted to add who it's not for. It's not for people who have rigid expectations. It's not for people whose minds are closed and who aren't aren't willing to expand their um, acceptance, their their understanding and then acceptance of the world's diversity. Mm. And and just an example of how that can work, and that can work in really odd, really ways you don't expect. I, I went to Curiosity totally intellectually thinking, I have no judgment about people and their bodies. And then I realized one day that my my attitude had shifted. I didn't just think I had no judgment. I could feel that I had no judgment and it was really different. So it's actually that much deeper self-development than ways that you're not you don't necessarily expect. That's part of what you get from it. But if you're not open to that feeling positive about people then that's going to be a, don't don't come
0: What challenges do you think we face as hosts?
1: Sometimes the challenges are simply logistical about the best way to set up the space so that the dynamics of the party flow well and that people can be safe in the different activities that they're going to do. Uh, So so, as a host, just the really practical details of event management in that way can be a challenge. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, I agree. There's
2: so much work that goes on to make this well. It's a very well-oiled machine, but there are so many moving parts.
1: The logistics then lead into the well-being of the people who attend. Mm. So the challenge is every day, every every making sure whether it's host or emotional support person that you're keeping, keeping you're being vigilant and being in being on top of what's happening and being able to respond. And, and if there's 130 people and four participants mm. and only four co-hosts, or two co-hosts and two ES, emotional support people, then that that possibly can be challenging. I just want to hug everyone at the party and tell them how much I love
2: them. <laughs> but I can't, because <laughs> I'm busy. But um. I love you all if you're listening.
0: <laughs> I think One of the challenges we face is imparting just what a safe and boundaryful space it is, which means undoing so much conditioning people have around what's going to happen if they attempt to set a boundary. And the traditional modelling is that the chances are you're going to get shamed or receive a negative uh, response. and we have created a culture where we can, we can basically promise that if someone is able to call their boundaries, they are going to be safe, which is just absolutely profound for a sex party. It's, yeah. it's profound for anywhere, but particularly a sex party. Um, I feel like it takes a few months for the power of that lesson to sink in for people. And I think we all have the response of often we just go into like a freeze mode uh, when really we should be calling a boundary. And I watch this with people that stick around at Curiosity for a few months. I watch their skills develop and they're almost like their boundary setting fitness uh, increase over time. Uh, and then it becomes from then on, it becomes normal for them and, and they've got that for the rest of their life. Uh, but I think we face a challenge as hosts of. Just like letting people know just how much of a space it is for them to practise that and just how well received it's going to be. And yeah, just just that. If someone's able to call a boundary, we can basically guarantee them safety. That's an extraordinary claim. What challenges do you think are faced by participants?
2: It can be a very confronting thing to realise that you are in a space to ask for what you want, to actually Realise that maybe you don't know what you want and what you enjoy, and possibly you can get that. I think could be quite petrifying. Um, making offers and receiving a yes or a no is also probably extremely. I think is uh, very difficult. We, for some reason in our culture, feel a no is a personal rejection. Sometimes it might be, but other times it. it It's not about you, it's about the person who's saying no. Maybe they're hungry, maybe they're cold, maybe they're tired, maybe they're busy. Um, So I think that's a real challenge is that we don't have many supportive spaces in everyday life that actually allow us to freely just say how we feel, knowing that the response will be welcome. Um, I also think it's a bit deer in headlights. Uh, I have permission to quote this person... Uh, it It was a person's first night and I was standing next to them and I said, how's your night going? And they just said, there is so much happening. I feel like I'm in a restaurant and I've just been given the best meal of my life, but the waiter just keeps on coming and offering me more amazing things and I don't know what to eat. I don't know what to do. And they're looking around and there was so much happening in the space at this time. And what a wonderful place to be in, that the challenge is that there's too much happening. But yeah, it was, uh, It's. I understand it can be quite confronting. There's so many layers to it all, yeah.
0: Mm. Linda, any thoughts on what challenges people face? I don't yeah. have anything yeah. to
1: add. I don't have anything to add to that. I think Tess has explained it really well.
0: Great. Um. Yeah, I reckon we can almost promise that everyone is going to face one of the four following challenges. And so this is in the scenario of you imagine two people, whether they're people that have been married for 40 years or whether they're two people that have just met. But if you imagine one of them's making an offer to the other. So person A, uh, the first possible challenge is the confronting realisation that you are actually in a space where you might be able to get what you want and where you're somewhat free to ask for what you want. That can be a challenge. Um, The second challenge is for person A to actually say that to person B. Then on person B's side of the fence, uh, there's the challenge or the experience of working out what they actually want and whether they are a yes or a no or or something more complicated to that particular offer. And then the fourth challenge is back on uh, person A, which is uh, dealing with that response and that feedback, whether it's a yes or a no. Um, yeah, I think most people go through those challenges to some degree. As someone that runs a pretty adventurous sex party, what does it feel like to walk through a room of sex and play and adventure? And...
1: <laughs> oh, we wish you could see our faces because <laughs> Jeff and I are just beaming. <laughs> it feels amazing. <laughs> so good. And and it's just this. For me, so often it's just this sense of wonderment. Wow it's fascinating and 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 really really heartening and, re- and rewarding to see people make connections and get develop confidence and and or other people who are just who are know themselves and are confident like the exhibitionists who are make sure they're in the center of everything and get the biggest crowd around them to show off their their fabulous. Creativity and really loud orgasms, and and to be witnessed in in, in their exhibitionist glory. So there's yeah, just that that spectrum is fabulous. Yeah, it's
2: so lovely. Humans, we are social creatures. We are also quite disconnected, and we can blame technology for that, or possibly it's just hard to understand each other. Um, but to walk through a warehouse when all you can see from wall to wall is people connecting in different ways. It's an amazing thing. It's also funny how there's so much sex uh, in the broader term, it's quite normal. And the standout things to me will be seeing someone who's crossing an edge, like they might be eye gazing for the first time for two minutes. And that's a really big edge, edge for them to cross rather than the orgy. Um, yeah, so like the, the sex itself, it's, it's
1: kind of normal, which I love. Yeah. and, and or people, people who are very, for want of a better term, inexperienced within their own sexuality. So mm. for the to come along and be there just quietly observing, making conversations, and then to offer perhaps, may I give you a hand massage? It's a wonderful thing. Just that little thing. Yeah. yeah, so people just just that stepping out of comfort zone, pushing those edges, yeah. It's a house it's of awesome.
2: pleasure. And we enable yes. that, it's like wonderful. What about you, Rog? What's it like to walk through
0: a space of sex and play? Uh, I find it inspiring. I find it hilarious. I find it entertaining. Um, I agree with what, with what you've been saying about it. it. becomes very normal. And I actually think if I was there as a participant, I would, would include in this, I thought something like, I find it, very, it would be very sexual. I don't experience it that way as a host perhaps it's become very normal and perhaps my mind is on the job, even though there's a lot of very sexual and arousing stuff going on around. I think for me, one of the most profound joys comes from being present to people going over their edges and having new experiences. And yeah, whether that's the person that strikes up a conversation for the first time, or whether that's someone that puts themselves in the kissing booth to see what happens or whether that's a person that discovers some ridiculous new edge of pain as four people beat the crap out of them. Um, just being there when people have those experiences over their edges and that for me is often something spread out over time, like watching people try something one month and then come back another couple of months later and have another go at it and just getting yeah, more empowered and more skillful with their, with their body and their sexuality.
2: I think the beauty of curiosity is, is that, again, touching on that you're not, you don't have to have sex, is that you can come back and you can just connect with people and that's fine. Mm. It's a safe space to return to and continue
0: to try. Yes. So what scenes have you enjoyed having in the space? Oh. <laughs> For me, I can think of a few.
1: Oh, my God, where do you start? <laughs> the Wheel of Fortune, where we had the people dressed up as as, as, as television personalities and doing sexy Wheel of Fortune. The Kinker Game Show. <laughs> that was fantastic.
0: Uh, the 20-person Star Trek murder mystery sexy scene.
2: I loved the pee play in the waiting pool in the middle of the warehouse.
0: Watching a pack of hyenas devour a person in slow motion.
2: <laughs> I've turned 30. Please fill all three holes for three hours
0: the 50s stereotypical misogynistic housewife scene
1: oh yeah oh the 60th birthday please please fulfill my fantasy of having a gangbang scene oh, yeah erotic literature
0: oh erotic, erotic, erotic literature. literature version 2 yeah <laughs> um, the alien abduction scene
2: oh how many pegs can you fit on this person which I think it got o- it's over 170.
0: Oh, it's 300. It's over, over oh, in God. the 300s.
2: <gasps> How many pegs can you fit on this person in brackets? It has gotten over 300 and bracket. Yeah.
0: I love the many, many variations on birthday celebrations that happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, it being someone's birthday seems to give them the permission to have a very indulgent celebratory time, often involving many people.
2: Everyone will eat cake off of me today. Yeah. yeah. Or sushi. Yeah. yeah. With the wasabi and the belly button. Yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's right. <gasps> uh, the, the performance nights, which happen twice a year, yeah. so people put on a performance and everybody watches, and the variety of there. Yeah, they've been just wonderful and vulnerable and creative and hilarious.
2: The, the cuddle donut, the cuddle puddle donut ring as well, that was that's so beautiful. The pants on orgy that ended up being just a 70-person writhing mass of affection and love and touch. Yeah, wow, this could go forever.
0: There is a there's a a guy, a, a person that identifies as male, who's a fabulous dancer and quite a, a stereotypically masculine body. And oh my god, it turns out they look great in a dress.
1: Oh, <laughs> the 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 the, what, the play that goes with just exploring, changing the clothes that you expected to wear into something that you might fancy with just trying it out. That's wonderful to us. That, Wonderful to observe. The sadistic, terrible waxing salon.
2: The genital electrocution scene. That was great.
0: Pasta.
1: Oh. The pasta. With oven mitts. <laughs> pasta in a cooked pasta <laughs> in a bowl with a wooden spoon and oven mitts. Oh, that scary. turns into just the hottest thing. So much
2: creativity. I love it.
0: The pagan rituals.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, the sex magic. Wow. That was. Mm. So hot. The eye gazing. All non-gendered, all
1: inclusive. Please come and eye gaze with me. I'll be sitting here all night long. That was beautiful. The tattoo scene with no without with without the ink, but they're beautifully designed and well set up tattoo scene
0: all of the scenes where people explore playing with a person of a gender that they don't normally play with. So whether that's uh, gay men or lesbians playing with uh, the other binary sex, or whether it's people who are normally hetero playing with same sex. Junk worship,
2: indulgent time in the middle, the needle play, the fire play, the impact play, involving suspensions, points to the roof, blindfolds and kitchen items I've
1: never thought to think of that way.
0: The art and craft space for kids and littles.
1: <laughs> With juice boxes and cookies. Yeah, so the, the amazing rope play, the oh, skilled just... operators.
0: The girl guide coming through and offering everyone cookies and tea. Mm.
1: There's so many, is Uh, uh... A vulnerable person with a a large sign who's never offered a scene before a sign around their neck saying free hugs and receiving the hugs and having the best night. Two people dressed
2: up as ponies and walking around the space pony fucking for about 40 minutes. That's great.
1: (laughs) The outfits.
2: Oh, the Mile High Club. We had the, um, the flight attendants. Yeah.
0: Do you have any advice for newcomers?
2: People who want to buy a ticket or people who are new to attending?
0: Um, either way, people who are thinking about coming along or people who have made made the plunge but are still leading up to their first party.
1: Take it really easy. Be open-minded. Be kind and gentle to yourself. Pay attention in the
0: workshop. Hmm. Yeah, my advice would be read the website very carefully. We've spent a lot of time making sure that those words accurately reflect what you're in for. And then from there, trust your body's feedback around whether it's right for you or not. So the workshop for you begins a long time before you buy the ticket when you're listening to this and when you're reading the website and as we encourage you at the party, do it now. Check in. Does this feel right for you? Does this feel like something that's appropriate for you at this point in time? And then yeah, from there just go slow. Take your time. Treat it as an opportunity to treat yourself and others impeccably uh, rather than focusing on specific things.
2: Yeah, definitely read the website, but also listen to not only this podcast, but there's a podcast prior, which is listening to people who attend Curiosity and their perspectives. It's a beautiful way to get further understanding. Um, possibly even think about what what reasons are you booking in? What, what are you after? And you can even treat that like a goal and look at that goal and then see, how can I break this down into really small achievable steps so that I'm not putting too much pressure on myself for my first night. I think the big one is managing those expectations and we all put so much pressure on ourselves to succeed or do things well and I must have that great time Um, and chase that high. If you have one good night, the next party might not be so great and that's okay Um, and managing that disappointment. So to completely parrot you, Linda, go slowly, take your time, be kind to yourself make the connections it's a really good group of people and it can be hard because there's a lot of people but we have we have events outside of curiosity within the community come to them come to the drinks come to the socials and with connection comes connection i know that sounds ridiculous but it's
1: true with some connection that creates more helps to build that psychological safety if you go to the 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 social events in between the parties that are that are at no cost and just organised by by part of the community Mm. to take that chance in a public space just to chat to people and make make friends. Also, you have freedom to attend
2: and not like it and not come back and that is fine. Good on you for trying, good on you for getting there, good on you for seeing if this is for you and wanting to explore your sex and yourself. Uh, Hats off to you, that's incredible. And that's a big step in your process. We don't have to carry you the whole way. We would love it if you stayed and enjoyed it, but please don't think we're forcing you to either.
0: Hmm. And lastly, is there anything else at all that you would like to say? Probably list off five hundred more favourite
1: scenes, but I can't think of them right now. <laughs> well, thank you, Rog, and your former uh, party starter, that just for getting this thing happening in the first place because it's, it's, it's amazing. It's pretty cool. It's. It's not oh, amazing, such an overused adjective. It is <laughs> innovative and creative and filling a really important niche in the world about building the consent education that is so often lacking when people are younger because you're, you're never too old. If you are open to, to change and to learn, you are never too old to learn those things and, and become a, a better human in your own world as well as in your sexual world and other people's sexual worlds.
0: Thanks, Linda. It's really sweet. I'm, I'm pretty proud and every now and again, I hear more and more about the ripple effects as the information or the experiences that people have at Curiosity like move out into the world. And it's, it's, it's just constantly surprising and um, humbling um, what the knock-on effects are. I also would like to encourage open communication channels. Uh, I guess talking to folks that have uh, either been a part of the community for ages or who are thinking of coming along and checking it out and also to the two of you, feedback is everything. It's one of the most valuable things on the planet and curiosity has changed and been shaped so much over the years by people articulating things that were inaccessible to them or not comfortable or not quite right. This is a wild and radical experiment. And you know, every now and again, we get some bits of it right, but there's so much scope for improvement. And so it's just a really personal plea from me. Um, I depend, I rely on feedback and input. So if you've got a thought or if you hear something, um, please find a way to bring it to us or me.
1: Kindly and respectfully, but yes, because that's that's part of the safety for for, for me as someone in the, who works in this crazy cu- thing that is curiosity, to feel safe to be able to give feedback is really important and I do feel that safety.
0: Well, any last words, Tess?
2: I'd like to say thank you to everyone in the community. Um, I see so much support and guidance and skill sharing and lack of ego and lack of judgment and acceptance. I think I'm repeating myself now, but you get the gist. I'd just like to say thank you to everyone for being so wonderful and uh, embracing the fact that we're all on a wild ride and it's nice to do it together. Yeah, thank
1: you. Thanks to Rog and the team. Oh, it's wonderful. Thank you to the team and the wider community yeah. which I think. Is yeah. There is so much love. Yeah.
0: That's some finish with a breath. <laughs> <sighs>